For pretty much my whole life, I've been trying to understand myself. I think we're all in search of that. You know, I don't know if you spend a lot of time thinking about how you exist, but I do. And I became so obsessed with trying to understand myself that I actually felt deeply in love with science and technology. You know, for me, it was this means of discovering truth, the scientific process. And I thought the more that I learned, the closer I would be to understanding reality. You know, in college, I took courses in physics to understand, you know, what couldn't be seen as well as what is. And I thought, you know, once I knew what all these smart people knew, I would just get it and everything would make sense. And I would find some peace in that, you know. And I knew enough stuff about the physical world that I could get a degree in electrical engineering. You know, with that knowledge, I could do a lot, you know, but did it help me have a better understanding of the physical world to some degree? Did I find myself? Not at all. You know, did I find truth? Yes and no. And that just depends on, you know, how you choose to look at concepts of knowledge. I left college with this dissatisfaction. You know, I knew so much, but I would always question, like, what did I really know? Um, Science didn't have a unified theory explaining reality as it is, which was a bit of a bummer. Science for me felt like, you know, rolling a ball up the hill just to have it roll all the way back down when you were close to the peak over and over again, learning more and more, but knowing nothing. Life to me is such an odd experience and we rarely acknowledge it. We do everything in our power to ignore our being. You know, from the moment we wake up, we fill our sensory experience with stimulus in hopes of drowning out the pain of existence, you know, of simple existence. For my whole life, I've been trying to understand myself. You know, I was trying to understand my mind, my consciousness. I think the greatest gift college gave me was my meditation practice, for it opened doors that I really didn't know existed. You know, people would often say like, meditation is a practice for death you know meditation is a practice for life and that we should strive to meditate through life and when I first heard those you know phrases I would just think you know that's just some generic hippie crap but you know after meditating for some time I realized that meditation is really the door and the breath is the key For so many of us, you know, we live with anxiety about anything and almost everything. You know, the anxiety of living without purpose or clarity is so painful. And like children without guidance, we suffer due to our ignorance. You know, we search the world for answers, thinking that we're separate from the very world we inhibit. And as a result, we create the illusion of self. And with it comes all the suffering and pain that we so desperately try to escape from every second of the day. And as depressing as it sounds, you know, how many of us can really sit alone with ourselves with absolutely no distractions for more than 30 minutes before looking for something to fill the void? People in spiritual circles often speak of the illusion of self. And I'll be honest, for the longest time, I didn't really get it. You know, I thought I did, um, but I, I realized I really had a very shallow understanding of what this illusion really was. And I would always think like, oh, you know, the illusion of self, that's that voice in my head. That's the ego, you know, this body. And I I knew, you know, the ego was an illusion and yet it persisted. You know, I thought once I knew that the ego was an illusion, it would just vanish and I would, you know, somehow reach some, you know, state of enlightenment. Um, Yeah, anyways, you know, I thought the more that I knew about the ego, I could then relinquish it and maybe, you know, that would bring about understanding, but it didn't, you know, I it brought a lot of awareness But still, I was here, lost as ever, you know. And so every day I suffered, metaphorically, you know, grasping for more knowledge in hopes that 
it would bring me peace. You know, every day I learned more, but was none the wiser. And each day the cycle continued. Each day I hoped the next would bring me the answers that I seeked. The pleasure of fantasizing about the future and all the wonders that it had brought me so much that it was enough to keep me around and I was stuck. You know, I kept fantasizing about this enlightened version of myself and how amazingly wise she would be. And I would reflect on my innocence with such fondness that the present version of me just seemed meh. You know, I always wanted more despite having everything. I was dissatisfied and so I suffered. Missing the presence, missing out on joy, missing out on happiness, thinking ahead, worrying, comparing, judging, fantasizing. And I was stuck and I knew I needed to change. But what, you know, what was I missing? You know, I'd done all of this learning and I still felt like there was still a, you know, a hole and I couldn't understand what was it that I was just not getting. So I stopped trying to understand, like straight up. I stopped trying to figure it out, which was new for me because it was hard giving up knowing, you know, accepting that I may not know the truth about reality was kind of just like, damn, you know, but I would just meditate and try to be present and I would observe the world without judgment and I relinquished my need to know. In that process, you know, I was inspired to purchase a book called The Wisdom of Insecurity by Alan Watts. Now, I don't think that I'm insecure, but the book is not necessarily about like having insecurities. It's more of like, you know, the illusion of self. Um, and I really admired a lot of the quotes that I had heard from Alan Watts. So I figured, you know, let's see what the man's got to say. That same week, you know, during my meditation community circle, uh, we were asked to observe our own suffering. And I thought that that would be a great exercise because I knew that I made myself suffer a lot for no reason. And so there'd be plenty of opportunity to observe. In Alan's book, he talks to great lengths about the limbo state we operate in today as a postmodern world. You know, science and technology taught us so much that it made the idea of heaven and hell unattainable without filling the void of hope. This vacuum has left many people either to choose consciously to believe in some sort of dogma to fill the void in our everyday existence by providing refuge in fantasy, or others choose to believe in something for ignorance is bliss. And then there's a small group of people that 100% accept, you know, science and technology and are depressed by the lack of inherent meaning to our existence. Each of these groups feel life to the max with everyday pleasure for if life is meaningless, we might as well enjoy the ride as much as possible while we can. Our addiction to pleasure keeps us seeking more and more to the point that eating the same meal twice a day, getting your package a day late, or watching a commercial drives us into agony We've become so reactive to our environment instead of realizing that we need to just be aware of it. Our education system teaches us about man's world, and in man's world, there are many boxes to put things in. We label everything and create mental images of them from which we compare everything to. Every thought you have is mapped to a fixed idea or concept of what that thing represents to you whether it be the color red, an object tree, the animal dog, a girl, an apple. All of these words trigger images in your mind from which you compare. Our mind is filled with static images of real things that constantly change, but our mental images rarely account for this change, and we wonder why reality never matches our mental images. But this mismatch brings about so much agony and unnecessary suffering. Science creative predictive models based on the past to help us predict the future, but it doesn't predict the present, nor does it include the fact that in order for there to be a present, there must be an observer in that environment. 
science conceptualizes reality, but the truth is reality is undefinable. Reality only exists in the present moment, and the present moment is always changing. Change creates space. Most of us fail to understand this distinction, and as a result, we form the illusion of self. We create a mental image of ourselves that we call I. This mental image is based on the past. Memories of events that happened to you that evoked a deep emotional experience we use as scaffolds from which we construct our identity. If you had a bad experience eating cheese, you describe yourself as someone that doesn't eat cheese. If you have a lot of experiences of anger, you call yourself an angry person. We then go ahead and compare our present version of self with this mental image of who we think we should be. We either reinforce these ideas through cyclical behavior or we add to it through new experiences that create new scaffolds for us to hold on to. The worst part is we punish ourselves every day for not matching up to our illusion of self. The illusion of self is not a singular illusion either. We make up illusions for literally everything, for everyone, and we suffer because our ideas of the world and people fail to compare to reality. In our attempts to define reality and it not meet our expectations, we suffer over and over for infinity until we wake up, until we realize, until we recognize the only reality is the present reality. Now is all we get. And most of the time we waste now. Now is not enough. Now is full of dissatisfaction. Now is boring. All echoes of the ego. How much time do you spend in a day thinking about the future or the past? Seriously, like how much time? Don't punish yourself for this awareness, but have awareness of this. Your attention, your sense of focus is always moving. How many times was the present not interesting enough that we turned to our phones for a hit of stimulus to make this existence meaningful? The reason we think the present is boring is simply because we fail to understand the truth about the present. When people say cliche shit like, you know, the present is a gift, it is a literal and figurative gift. We really think reality is static. You know, we think objects in our presence are static, but this is an illusion. You know, everything around you is changing all the time, including you. Every heartbeat, every breath is a new moment for you to experience. The question is, will you be here to experience it or won't you? If you choose to forgo everything you think you know and step into the present moment, I can ensure you that everything you ever wanted is right there. The answers, the peace, the truth. It all lives there, 100% free, waiting for you lovingly. I can understand if you're confused because like you, for the past 20 years, you know, I was living in pure confusion and realizing that reality as it is has probably been the biggest, you know, mindfuck of my life. Um, See, the thing is, is like we're so used to using language to explain the world but it's a conceptualization of reality. So just like a picture of the sunset doesn't compare to the real thing, the same is true with language. It aims to symbolize reality, but it can't tell you what reality actually is. You can only experience that. We invented language so we can communicate in this reality. Language is a tool like time, but it has been used against us and without the right frame of mind can be used to manipulate us. If you understand this, you see how social media is a mental trap. All images of the past creating emotional energy in you due to judgment, fantasy, and envy. All robbing you from experiencing the present. 
We confuse words with images and reality and we wonder why nothing makes sense. It's easier to escape to the future or the past rather than realize that the pain that we feel from our existence stems solely from living with the wrong frame of mind. We fix our mindset, we resolve the anxiety. And since most of us have no clue what is going on, our minds enslave us by doing what minds do. And we become reactive beings rather than being intentional ones. We hold on to life thinking that we somehow are holding on to ourselves when really holding on to life is a simple impossibility. Just like you cannot catch a river, life is meant to flow and only when it flows is it life. Now for a message from our sponsors. Thank you for supporting this podcast. If you are enjoying this episode, share it with a friend and leave us a review. It 100% helps us grow this podcast and get our message out there to help and inspire others. Have thoughts or opinions you want to share? Join the conversation on Anchor or on Spotify. I love to hear from you all and I can't thank you enough for your support. With that, let's get back to the good stuff. We must realize that we are not separate from our reality. We are our reality. We are just as much part of the universe symphony as the bunnies and the squirrels. But our egos convince us to step out of the orchestra and try to catch the sound and analyze it. Reality in God can only be experienced when it is without definition. So stop trying to analyze the world around you. Just experience it without judging it, without naming it, without classifying what you hear, see, and touch. Just experience it. Experience how it changes. And that is the great stream. Staying in presence for me in the beginning felt like it made me more anxious. You know, how was I not supposed to plan for the future when planning for the future is what got me to where I am? Walking in presence felt very overwhelming. For the first time in a long time, I was really experiencing the moment And I had forgotten how intense that can feel. One of the most unique features of our human experience is our sensitivity. Our sensitivity is what allows us to experience the world. But we often think of our senses as flat, boring concepts that simply serve our need to survive. Our senses are so much more if only we focused our awareness through them with the proper frame of mind. We miss so much as we move through the world that most times we're just getting a very shallow experience of our reality from which our ego finds dissatisfaction. In presence, your senses tap into the great stream and you have awareness of what is. Still, living in the present for me, you know, how does that deal with planning for the future so that I can achieve all of the goals that I have, you know, within our current societal structure? You know, living in the present didn't help me plan for a recession or prep for dinner You know, living in the present didn't give me comfort when, you know, I want to retire. You know, is all of my hard work going to have paid off? This was the moment that I finally understood the idea of walking in faith. When people tell me to have faith, you know, most of the time my immediate reaction is just like a laugh. You know, I I feel like you're kidding me when you tell me to have faith. Like it's like a joke, you know, Um, and I just didn't really get it. Like I thought it was kind of one of those things you say just to, you know get over it kind of 
Um, but when you're operating from a state of awareness, you realize that faith is not hoping that everything will work out. You cannot control the future. I mean, there are so many things working together to create the next moment that whatever future fantasy, you know, we can conjure up in our head simply will not suffice for reality. Faith is acceptance that the moment is as good as it is and the next one will also be okay as it is. It's surrendering to the great stream. It's trusting your maker, you know, trusting reality. Faith is falling into reality's arms with grace. You know, we have no control over the experience of what happens, what comes next. All we can control is our awareness of the experience, no matter what it is, good or bad, sad or joyful, for it is only a moment and moments change. So even if I may be experiencing pain now, sadness today, I know moments change and this too will change. And that is faith. Knowing things change, it actually opens us up to experiencing the pains of life more fully so we can experience life's great moments with even more fullness and gratitude. With this clarity, I do understand, you know, why people read the Bible. I get it. You know, from within it does capture a lot of truths about our reality. But for most of us, we fail to really interpret these metaphorical messages correctly due to our egos and ignorance. And with this clarity, I understand, you know, why monks take a vow of silence because language can often confuse us and actually fuel the ego. Our minds are a stage. Thoughts are actors. Our senses construct the mood and atmosphere. And we sit in the audience. Just watch the play. Stop trying to be the actor. Stop setting expectations for each act. Let the play flow and dance along with it. Experience each scene for what it is. And when it's done, let it go. Letting go doesn't mean you lose anything. But rather, you're creating space for the next scene, the next experience. Change is the only constant. The present is an accumulation of all of life's change in a single moment. We only exist in this moment. Isn't it amazing to be a part of something that's like so freaking great? And the best part is like you don't even have to do anything to be a part of it. Like you're already there. You just have to be aware of it. It's not wrong to plan for tomorrow, but recognize that the act of planning is different from the act of worrying about your plans. Plan, but let go of the expectation. If this moment isn't the greatest moment, feel it. What is the difference? What are you experiencing really? You know, what are those sensations? Are they changing? You will find yourself in an improved state just from that mental exercise alone. Because asking a question is a different experience than being sad, isn't it? For the past 20-something years, I spent my life filling my head with intellect. I learned tons of concepts, constructs, and methods for state predictions, but it took me 20-something years to realize that intellect is different from intuition. Our intuition is within us. You don't need a guru or religion or a leader to share it with you. You already have it, all of us. It just takes turning the focus from outside to inside, shifting from expecting the outside world to give us what we already have. The illusion of self can be shed for you are one with everything just have to look love is all around you you just have to feel it don't be afraid to live because life is holding you let go and experience it without trying you see without trying you hear without trying you feel without trying you smell 
Without trying, you taste. Without trying, you move. Without trying, you think. Without trying, you believe. Let go of your expectations and just experience it. The great treat is the greatest gift we all share. So I ask again, will you be here?